Welcome back to the Sound Logic Podcast, and today we've reached our re-ranking episode. If you're new to this, after we do 10 albums, we go back and talk about them and decide how we would re-rank them in our own way. Ben, we made it through our first 10 of the new 2020 Rolling Stone list. How do you feel? It's a little bittersweet. I went to the uh, 2012 spreadsheet where we were doing our re-ranking and had our top 10 list with the top 60, and I think... There was a brief, brief moment where we thought, you know, do we keep this uh, 2012 list and add in, you know, the the new re-ranking and thought, you know, that doesn't make any any sense at all. So we've kind of had to toss out, um, you know, a a developing uh, list that we had going uh, in favor of this new list. So uh, I'm excited. I think it, it feels a little bit, you know, like when we began this new journey, restarted this new journey, like oh, man, we have to restart. Well, that's okay. We'll have fun with this one, too. Um, yeah, I don't know. How about you? Uh, I am excited. I'm looking back, and after 60 albums, looking at what we had put at our, as our top 10 all-time yeah. of the 60, um, I included three of the albums that are now in Rolling Stone's new top 10, and you had five on your top 10 so you know we we did okay in terms of what after listening to the first 60 of the old list we picked you know you you were 50 percent of what would be on the new top 10 so right right. that's off to you uh you you have your finger on the pulse of what's hot right now at least according to the 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 people polled by rolling stone and i was 30% 30% there. We had uh, eight albums that we'd already listened to and two brand new ones. So who knows? Maybe I would have had uh, seven had these two That's right. you, albums you, been <laughs> in the top 60. <laughs> you would have added some more. So, um, so yeah, this is, this is one of our favorite segments. We'd like to take a little bit of a break after we do 10 and just kind of discuss them a little bit and, and talk about uh, how we would have re-ranked the last 10. And then, of course, we won't be doing it this week, but in the subsequent uh, times we do this, we'll say, of the albums we've ranked so far, what are your 10 favorites in order? So yeah. uh, I guess uh, we can just jump right into it. What do you say? I'd say uh, it's even more cliche to say we'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so we're back. Um, what do you think? Should we unveil to each other what we've got here and just dive right into it? I guess we, unless we, yeah, let's do it one at a time. Yeah. Would, would be a little ridiculous. <laughs> uh, all right. There's so much to look at. <laughs> now <what>? Okay. <laughs> well, let's just start. Okay. So we'll, we'll start from 10 and move backwards. Okay. At number 10, Rolling Stone Magazine had the Miseducation of Lauren Hill yeah. album by Lauren Hill. Uh, what did you put there, Ben? Uh, this is where I have blood on the tracks. Um, 
you know, Dylan just continues to be something that I struggle with. I actually, I enjoyed re-listening to our conversation with Chris and actually listened to that album again uh, and thought, man, this is pretty good. But uh, it's not as good for me as the other nine albums on this list. So it comes in the number 10 slot for me. What about you? Yeah, not the same, but I will make a comment before I unveil them. The, the last three albums that I've picked here, it was a challenge because even though I don't think I'll listen to them as frequently as the others, yeah, I still had to somehow acknowledge that they're really, really good albums and they're right. well put together. And they're just not the sounds that I particularly enjoy. So that was, I'll right, right. put that as like a... Uh, precursor to everything I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, like last time when we had the uh, long-running joke at least one higher, right? Where we had, you know, a couple no. albums where it always just felt like, eh, you know, it's easy to bump this up because there's that other one. Even in the top ten, Rolling Stones mm-hmm. top ten of the last list, there was a few that we were like, I can't get on board with this at all. Right. right. <laughs> uh, I don't feel that way with this. There's no, some that I won't no. listen to. So my number ten was Purple Rain, and Purple Rain is an incredible album full of a lot of really neat aspects uh, incredible songwriting musicianship i think for me it comes down to the style and yeah. instrumentation why yep. I, I probably won't be listening to it a whole lot it's it's a an era and a style of music i don't particularly prefer i think if you changed if the whole album was remixed and all you did was change just the the a lot of the instruments and left you know the structure and the timing and pretty much everything else the same i'd probably like it a lot more yeah um, and i really i feel bad putting it at quote the bottom spot because it is a very good album but it's just not one that i think i'm going to revisit okay and you admitted that on our episode i can almost hear glenn shouting from here yeah uh, with anger in his voice that you have chosen to put it here but i <laughs> i i totally think that's legitimate uh, based on your acknowledgement that this is good just not for you I think I made a piece of his soul die that day, as, <laughs> as he said, "Come on, man! I make my we, kids listen to that. We teach this to our children." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I felt a little bad, but you know, that's that's what these lists are about: is personal yep. preference. So, yep. um, moving on, uh, Rolling Stone had Bob Dylan's "Blood on the Tracks" at number nine. Uh, which is what you had at number 10. I put here, and, I, and I'm going to apologize, I guess, uh, to you for Pet Sounds, because it's one of your favorites. It's one that I just have had a really hard time enjoying the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a more along the lines of what I will listen to, but not my favorite. Uh, right. What about you? This is where I have never mind, and I, I feel it's funny that you apologized to me. I feel some similar sort of like, oh, Mike's not going to like that I have this here. No, that's um, okay. Never mind. But, but never mind. Yeah, oh, never mind. <laughs> I, I think that this album holds a lot of nostalgic value for me, but uh, greatness is something that I struggle to, to quantify for, for this one in particular. Um, I like that it wound up in the top 10 of the Rolling Stone list, but it's not its not going to make my top 10 uh, moving forward, I don't think. I think it just, for me, it, it pigeonholes too much into uh, a style of music that that is just dated, I, I think. I, I think this album has influenced a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would have made more sense for it to be on the 2012 list in the, uh, as high as they have it here. Um, because that mm-hmm. list did spend more time and energy i think talking about albums that influenced other albums um 
So yeah, it's not, again, it's not that I don't like this album. I don't think it's a good album. I, it's just not great for me. I, I will make a comment on that. Not now, but shortly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and moving into number eight, and I'll have you go first, because this is where Rolling Stone okay. had Purple Rain. And uh, that's where you put it as well. Uh, Purple Rain at number yeah. eight. Great um, minds think alike, I guess. And, um, and, yeah, and this why, one... why didn't you decide to bump it any higher, but left it there? Right. I think uh, somewhat similar to you, it's not a genre that I find myself returning to a lot. Um, it wasn't something that I was familiar with, and and maybe that nudged it down a little bit. But um, I'm really got, glad I got to experience it. I am not very familiar with Prince, and now I feel like I've got a handle on some of it. And especially the way that Purple Rain has influenced other things, I think, oh, is yeah. um, something I will definitely keep in my mind. Um, I. I don't think this is here because I didn't like it. I think this is here yeah, primarily because of the stuff that comes next. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. all all of them are, are really solid. I can't, I just couldn't, you know, it just came down to sort of this one I like slightly better than the others. Yeah, I think uh, I feel very similarly about Purple Rain as well. Um, that it's really not that it was bad no. at all. And, and, very good but just not just not my style Uh, this is where i put blood on the tracks by bob dylan um this this isn't even my favorite dylan album that we've listened to yeah Uh, but there's something listenable about it that i think i would listen to it a little more than pet sounds or purple rain there's something playful about this album Mm -hmm. um and that even though some of it's a, a little a little scathing even <laughs> yeah, uh, there's also yeah. some kind of there's some humor and playfulness about it and and it's also interesting to hear dylan in a very different era than the albums that made him famous yep and hear him kind of reinvent himself on this album it, it's very it's compelling too uh i i did like it but um you could interchange these last three albums I've talked about. You could yeah. probably flip them around for me and I'd be okay. Sure. Plus it's got that uh, theme song for the soon-to-be former U.S. president. <laughs> I can only guess that that uh, <laughs> idiot wind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, that makes sense. Um, okay, Number seven, Rolling Stone magazine had Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. This is where I put Nevermind. Hmm. And actually, I wanted to put it a little higher, but there's kind of a darkness to it um, that stops me from listening to it sometimes. Like, it's very good and nostalgic, but I think as nostalgic as it is, and even though it wasn't something I grew up with having the album, it was just all around. Yeah, and hasn't yeah. ever really left. Like you still hear it on the radio, mm-hmm. uh, rock radio, and even now, quote classic rock radio has right. <laughs> has it too. But um, and I think you said it it fit better on that list. I think although this list leans more towards the music that influenced current hip hop, I think also there's still a lot of rock and alternative rock that comes out today, and I think this has greatly influenced that as well. So yeah, I'm okay with it being up higher than it was on the last list, but um, I am really interested in your selection for number seven because I would have thought you would have put this a little higher. So what did you pick here? Well, before I uh, spill the beans, I I want to point out that, that Nevermind has shifted a little bit for you. It 
hung on. It was at 17, I think, somewhere in there um, on the 2012 list. And you had mm. it on your top 10 for quite a number of uh, of our re-ranking okay. episodes. Okay. So something about it, in your mind, I guess, has, has shifted just a little bit well, as well. I think also to what you said, it's also about the other things that are here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some of them, and and we've talked about, you know, how do, what's our criteria for picking these? And I think what we right. both settled on is, well, right now, what, do, what am I most likely to listen to again? Yep. yep. And although nostalgia plays a part in terms of listening, I, I'd rather listen to things, especially right now that kind of are upbeat and make me happy. I, I don't yeah. like to turn insular or turn to the dark side <laughs> too yeah, often. Yeah. I find Nevermind does that. It, it's a little, mm-hmm. it's a little on the dark side. There's uh, absolutely, um, there's a lot of, there's anger there. There's it deals with things like depression and abuse. And um, uh, sometimes I don't like going there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and sometimes it is good. Yeah, here at number seven, I have The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, um, an album that I think we found uh, really enjoyable to review because of, it's one of the few albums that we've tackled so far where we can actually remember it coming out. Yeah. Um, and for that reason alone, I almost pushed it higher up. But I think uh, it, it wound up here for a lot of the same reasons as Purple Rain, uh, an album I really enjoyed, an album that I uh I'm glad I got to go deeper on, but one that I think it's not a style genre that I often find myself drawn to. And though I really like it and it's really good, I'd probably even say that it's great. Um, The six albums that come on this list ahead of it, I think I like just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Fair. Yeah. (laughs) I won't argue against that. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll save my comments for just a little later. Um, (laughs) Rolling Stone magazine put Nirvana's Nevermind at number six. And we've already both ranked that. For me, I put at number six, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. And I know that this is an album that consistently you have really, really enjoyed. It stayed, Mm -hmm. as we worked through 60 albums on the last list, constantly stayed in your top Near three top. albums yeah yeah yep. um and is one that you've really enjoyed i still have had a hard time really personally connecting to it sure and i really enjoy it and i recognize how great it is and how influential it is and i know that now it's a number one album so i feel a little guilty putting it here but it's one that i haven't re-listened that much and it's it again it has nothing to do with me not liking it but it's not i haven't been compelled to put it back on there's a few songs that i really really like and it's not a very long album so it's not that it's hard to put it on and listen to the whole thing but it's just again i i think between you and i you have just made a much more personal connection to it than i have um and i think that's the main thing for me i I don't even really have a good argument of why it's not higher it's just (laughs) one i haven't been compelled to put on more sure um uh, but I do recognize it. it's tremendous. I I find like, just the, the, the mood I'm in right now, I want really, really catchy stuff. And yeah. it's not a necessarily really catchy album. Uh, mm-hmm. Lyrically, it's extremely powerful. Um, and in terms of the different issues, we've talked about this many times now, how many different uh, hot topics <laughs> he tackles yeah. uh, very yeah. well. But... Uh, 
that maybe maybe we'll see it move up for me or maybe i'll put it on again and just really fall in love with it again but for right now i and i don't see it hanging on my top 10 yeah. for too much longer uh but we'll see <laughs> we'll see what do you have at number six yeah, number six, I've got pet sounds. It's funny, this uh, maybe it's because of how much we appreciate this new top ten, but all of our reviews seem fairly apologetic for this bottom half. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're sorry we put it here. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if, is... if, yeah, if if the if the polling world and Rolling Stone felt that it was number one, and I bumped it down five spots, I feel like I need to right. somehow try to yeah. explain myself. Like, that a little yeah. bit, yeah. Uh, Pet Sounds for me, uh, one of the albums that I've listened to the longest on this list, mm-hmm. um, but uh, one that I don't find myself going back to as often as I, I used to. Um, I'm not sure what that's about. I'm not sure if it has to do with a connection to the songs that I just don't feel as strong about uh, anymore, or if there's something just about the, the depth of quality uh, in general. Um, this one hung out. I think because it was, you know, it is definitively number two, according to Rolling Stone. It hung mm-hmm. out on my on my old list for a while, but I think near the end, maybe with our final re-ranking episode, uh, it was no longer there. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I didn't feel, I feel still a little bit of guilt that I don't have it <laughs> higher, but uh, it, it made sense to me at least to put it here at number six. And as you referenced, I have five albums that were in my top, uh, 10 after we got through 60 and they're all above pet sounds. So all right, um, that's what you've got left here. These next five are all pretty easy to slide in. And if you've been following along, maybe, um, you'll already know how I'm going to rank them too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned that pet sounds is the only album that did not change ranking throughout all iterations of this list. Yeah. Yeah. 2003, uh, the coffee table book 2012 and the 2020 it remained number two and it's the only album that didn't change so that's uh that's got to be significant right <laughs> didn't we yeah, say that that yeah. means it, it's it's on a, based on average it's the best album <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, which is funny um ben for number five you and rolling stone agreed what uh what did you have for number five there yeah, um, this is where I have Abbey Road. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, it felt sort of odd to not have as much Beatles in this top 10, but mm. I really like Abbey Road. It's the one that has stuck on my top 10 list, um, despite having gone through, what have we gone through, six or seven Beatles reviews. Yeah. Um, it was the only one that stuck for me. And so um, it made sense to put it here. And like I said, in the same order of the um, of my previous list. Um, what about you for number five? Yeah, I put songs in the key of life. And, That's wrong. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I only moved it down one spot <laughs> from where it was. Uh, yeah, this is another one where this album is like just a powerhouse uh, mm-hmm. of songs and innovation and songwriting. Yeah. Uh I can't remember how many tracks, like 18, 20 tracks on the album. It's a double album plus an EP that he threw in there just for fun. Uh, Taken from over a hundred songs that he wrote. Um, That's one of the challenges for me in this album, that it is a double. And I don't think, 
except for maybe sometime on the weekend I ever have time to sit and listen to the whole thing and I like listening to the, some of these albums mm-hmm. uh, start to finish and it's hard to do with uh, Kia Life so I think that's one of the reasons I bumped it down yeah. we've talked about some of the double albums Ben where we think what if they cut it down a bit and made it yeah. one would have been better if, if it had been a single and then yeah. You think about sales, but when you release a double album, it actually doubles your sales. Every time someone <laughs> buys one, it counts as two. Right, right. At least I don't know about now. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't to. know. It used yeah. like when it was either CDs or vinyl. I guess maybe cassettes as well. If you release a double, each sale counted as two. So yep. Yep. I don't know if anybody ever did it because of that. I don't think Stevie Wonder did. Um, to get the sales numbers up, but um, I think it's interesting too. You often see this from artists that have already gained a lot of credibility, right? Like it's it's pretty rare yeah. that you have a debut double album. Yeah. It's often yeah. it's often when a band has been around for a while and they've got yeah. just a ton of material. They know that it'll sell and they know that they can charge extra for the double. Yeah. And they probably have more control in the studio too of like what yeah. stays and what's what goes. They don't have a producer. Um, forcing them to cut down and uh, so yeah I, I hear what you're saying a white album for me is the one that I think I just re-listened to the white album and I really really like it like I I like it enough to say this is good even with the some some of the frilly songs on it but I think man there's a, a really great album buried in there somewhere if you just removed yeah. a little bit of the of the fluff around the edges but yeah um, I agree. I feel like half half the songs on that album should be B sides. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah. not not one of my favorite Beatles albums, but we'll get to that. Yep, down the road. Um, <laughs> Rolling Stone put songs in the key of life at mm-hmm. number four, and this is where I put Lauren Hill's Miseducation album, which also could be titled "Songs in the Key of Life." <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's her telling of uh, what life is like, right? As so so many of these top ten albums are, these sort yeah. of like grand grand look at the state of the world, kind of. Yep, and and she directly pulled in at least one song from yeah from that Stevie Wonder album, specifically from I Wish from that album. Uh, I don't know if it's because. This was the most recent album we reviewed, so it's the one I've been listening to the mm-hmm. most, yeah, uh, most recently. But these songs have just been stuck in my head uh, constantly over the past few weeks to yeah. this day. Uh, so as of this moment, I had to rank it this high because I've just interesting, and, yeah. and I keep and I keep going back and listening to songs again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's a tremendous album. I'm shocked at how many different artists and different styles are on this album production value is very very good it was very successful even the slower songs are still really easy to listen to yeah uh, even though i just said you know like really really peppy catchy tunes right now um <laughs> I'm, I'm just it, again this was one that i'm surprised i didn't listen to when it came out in the last 20 years <laughs> mm-hmm. so it was kind mm-hmm. of preserved for me uh, and I've just really been enjoying it. So I think it's one that I'm going to keep up here for a while. Um, what did you have for number four? Uh, this is where I have Rumors, um, the incredible Fleetwood Mac album. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I actually, a uh, longtime listener of our podcast, my friend Josh got in touch with me and said, hey, have you ever checked out the classic albums miniseries that's on Amazon Prime? It's old. It's I think it's from the late 90s, but they have oh. a review of um, Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. And so I got to hear the band talk through it. And, okay. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I already like this album. It was a long time one in my top 10 of our previous re-ranking shows. But hearing the band talk about some of the backstory was also a good reminder of just how complex and complicated and, and somewhat sometimes messy this album was to, to put together. And, uh, and the reminder, too, of just how fantastic it was as well hearing them yeah. talk through so many of the hit songs from that record. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Even though it's dated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, number three, again, I think this is at least the third time that you and Rolling Stone have agreed. Uh, <laughs> number three is Joni Mitchell's Blue Album, and you've got it here yeah. as well. Oh, man. I We've done enough gushing, I guess, about this album. <laughs> uh, three parts worth of... Uh, romance toward yeah. it um uh but yeah i i really really like it i texted you i guess it was just yesterday that i'd been re-watching the sitcom new girl and there's a an episode where like the first half of the episode is about a song from this album about river and uh huh. just just the main character is going through a breakup and just plays the song on repeat and uh, annoys her, her housemates with how frequently she plays it. Hmm. Um, and so I, I, that was kind of a surprise. I don't remember that being there when I've watched the series before. Maybe I just didn't have as much of a tie to this album because it jumped out uh, in a big way this time and uh, and reminded me of just how, how much I like that album and how perhaps I guess it's still somewhere out there in the cultural experience um, being appreciated by other people as well and yeah. uh it's not an album that you know we talked about this i guess a little bit uh when we did the original review that you know i don't know where this album lives on it's not like it fits well with adult contemporary or classic rock or um you know any of the other ways we listen to music but it's so good and i think people who love music know how good it is and, and perhaps especially if you're into the singer songwriter kind of world you know how good it is um yeah it's a it's a no-brainer at number three for me mm -hmm. now this is where i put the beatles abbey road and it's funny you had when you had on our previous after 60 albums you had five yeah. that are in the Rolling Stones top 10 and they're your top five. And I had three and they're my top three. It's <laughs> just so interesting. We're just we're um, boring here. Or yeah, consistent. I guess we're very Maybe boring. that's the better word. Um, this is a tremendous album. It's, mm -hmm. it's again, not my favorite Beatles album, but is a very close second. Uh, yeah. Having not really spent time with it before we reviewed it last time. Uh, and now I listen to it quite frequently. It's very good. Um, I still two albums I like more than it, <laughs> but <laughs> but it is. I think Rolling Stone says now that it's the best Beatles album. It used to be uh, 
14 or something fifth, like that. Is fifth that? best Beatles album? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> According to the top 500 list, and now it's the best. And I think there's good reason for that. I think it's uh, stood the test of time better than other Beatles albums. Uh-huh. And uh, it is just stacked. And the second side, you know, which is kind of one big movement is is just tremendous. So, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. It's a good one. Uh, moving on to number two, this is where, as we mentioned, Rolling Stone has kept Pet Sounds the entire way through their journey. <laughs> um, yep. And this is where I put Fleetwood Mac's rumors. I've said to you on more than one occasion, I think it's, even though I have it at number two, it's as close to a perfect album as you can get. There is just very little that i would change actually probably one track you took off one track i think it'd be perfect for me it is <laughs> so good it's so accessible it's something that my kids enjoy i think as much as i do which i think says something because it's yeah. it's older than both you and i uh and still continues to be one that people enjoy obviously rolling stone it, it jumped up about 20 positions from I think twenty six, somewhere around there, to number seven. So uh, I think it's it's stood the test of time. So that's that's my number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you got for number two, Ben? Right here is where I put what's going on. Um, it it's an album that I've had at my number one spot for a while, um, and I like that Rolling Stone has it in their number one spot, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the remaining album on this list is one that I continue to listen to probably at least every other week. And, uh, and I think it's, it's made a bigger impression on me than what's Mm. going on. What's going on. Uh, I think, you know, I've heard Nora, your, your wife say she can't put on blue unless she's mentally giving herself space to like be wrapped up in it. And I think what's going on is kind of like that for me. I know that I'm going to experience kind of a, a depth of emotion, uh, and a range of issues and and that I'm not going to be able to just listen to a track and stop that, that like it kind of works as a suite of music right and um and so for that reason I don't listen to it as frequently as some of the other albums on this list but I still think it's really really good and uh, very timely too um in so many different kinds of yeah. ways yeah. so it's number 2 for me I want to move on from there with you uh, you've yeah. already mentioned that that's the album Rolling Stone has at number one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I want to hear what you have at number one and why you like that or you've placed that ahead of what's going on. I have songs in the key of life at number one. Something happened to me when we listened to Intervisions. I, I, I've always known about Stevie Wonder. Uh, I remember borrowing a skateboarding video from a friend of mine that had, uh, uh, you know, each back in the days of VHS skateboard videos, each skater would, would usually the way they'd have it set up was they'd like get a portion of themselves to show off their best moves. And it would often be cued to, uh, uh, a piece of music. And one of them had chosen Sign Sealed Delivered, and I kind of liked that skater, and I kind of liked that song, and, you know, it was kind of a neat part of that. I think, it was, I think the video is Secondhand Smoke, and it's probably still out there somewhere. Um, uh, but, so I knew that I liked Stevie Wonder vaguely, but 
immersing myself in a full album, like something shifted where I was like, this is incredible. Like I, I way underestimated just how the brilliance of this particular artist. And the more I've dug into his catalog, the more I, I find that rings true for me. Um, I am still a little undecided on uh, which I like better, Songs in the Key of Life or Inner Visions. Um, and there's a couple others of his that I think are pretty pretty high up there as well. But mm. I I reach for Songs in the Key of Life fairly frequently right now. I don't know if mm. it just feels familiar, timely. It's upbeat. It's poppy. There's songs that I can sort of forget about troubles and songs that sort of draw me to the world's troubles. And um, I, it has a little bit of everything. It's maybe a bit too long, if I had to say anything. But I don't, yeah. it doesn't feel to me like the White Album where like there's a lot of like songs that would have been easy to cut. Like I can tell why yeah. no, that's they, kept, true. they kept as much as they did. I don't know why they didn't just put out two different albums. Um, that I guess would have been another option. But uh, it's mm. just really, really good. And I think, um, you know, I got to sort of sort through the double album piece because I think a great album should be singular. But uh, all that said, I think it uh, it is my favorite of all the albums that we've that we've gone through. Um, I was thinking just now as I was saying that that piece about you know an album should be singular. Uh, technology changes sort of what's possible. Um, I think Lauren Hill's uh, album that we just went through it, it clocks in over an hour. It's like an hour twenty, and. Um, you know that just wouldn't have been possible. But if if rumors, uh, sorry, if if uh, songs in the key of life had been released in the compact disc era, maybe we would have got sort of a 18, 19 track single disc yeah. album. Yeah, and it would have been single um, session one, you know, one disc. But yeah. uh, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting thing to think about these parallel uh, universes. <laughs> for sure yeah uh for my number one i put Joni mitchell's blue uh this was sitting in my top three you know greatest 10 albums for a while and it is one that it it's become very special it was a surprise to me i'd never heard it I knew maybe only one of one or two of the songs, um, mm-hmm. and it's become very special. It really it opens it opens something up in me when I listen yeah. to it. Yeah, it's and it is one that uh, again I do have to temper my measure my listening to it because it is very emotional, but it, it's very yeah. good, so transparent. We made a lot of parallels between that and Lauren Hill's Miseducation album because it's yeah. just so transparent and open and honest um at points it's even a little uncomfortable um and i think there's something special that that a great album can do that so it's Mm -hmm. for now at my number one because it's just something so special and iconic i think there's a lot of solo female artists right now who are holding on to this as something very special to them many of them i think are even younger than we are Right, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why this bumps up because I think a lot, the I think they pulled a lot more women and a lot more diverse groups for yeah. this 2020 list, and I think it shows just how influential she continues to be in not just women but particularly women in music. 
and it is something again I, I agree with your comments on where exactly does it fit it's not a rock album it's not adult contemporary i guess it's folk but where does it fit today right and although i don't have an answer for that certainly where it fits is inspiring people mm-hmm. it's still inspiring people uh and not just i think obviously lyrically the lyrics are a work of art like yeah. <laughs> incredible poetry um the music is very good very very good simple simple music um simple instrumentation uh and wow well, i just again just gush <laughs> yeah. about it yeah. and uh and it's it's a very special one in our house so there you have it yeah our first re-ranking yeah of the new 2020 I, it feels good to do it again and this is our new all-time top 10 as well <laughs> as you mentioned i guess um so we'll we'll tackle another 10 albums um and then we'll do this all again. I yeah. think the next 10 do have uh, a few more albums that we haven't reviewed, correct? Yeah, four. So we've done six of them, and there's four that we haven't reviewed yet. Yeah. We keep building out that repertoire. <laughs> yeah. Is there one that you're really looking forward to or anticipate? Uh, I'm really interested in in how I we we are going to move into some areas that you and I know very little about. Mm-hmm. Um, Kendrick Lamar is the one that stands out. I think to both of us yeah. is like, boy, ha, like what do I even think about uh, that? Um, the aggressive lyrics, I guess I'll I'll put it that way. Of yeah, of that's some, a good. I think that's a good way to put of it. some rap music and and what does it mean uh, as an art form? You know, I don't even think I can wrap my head around that always. And yeah, and so to like try and step back from that conversation enough just to appreciate it for what it is, I think will be a really interesting challenge for us. Um, uh, I th- I'm also really excited to finally get to Radiohead. Although Kid A is not my favorite Radiohead album, it's. Um, I wouldn't have put it here. I I kind of wish uh, that OK Computer was the one that we mm. finally get to at number twenty, but that's okay. It'll be it'll be coming up here uh, in the next year or so um, at number forty two. So uh, yeah, those are probably the ones that stand out to me. I'm I'm kind of ex- uh, interested to go through the six albums that we have re reviewed because I've okay. I've been surprisingly. Uh, 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 I'm not, not impressed at how well our reviews hold up, but how much fun it is to go back and sort of hear what we were thinking and, yeah. and sort of base that on what am I still thinking about this album? And yeah, that's been a lot of fun. So I think those will also be enjoyable. Yeah. Interesting because four of the six that we've already reviewed come out of the previous top 10. Right. So yeah, that's wow. very wow. interesting. Um, wow. Yeah. Of the ones we haven't, the two that you mentioned are the two that I'm anticipating the most, and we have to wait till 19 and 20, respectively. But Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly" is uh, is is a is a a country I've never visited. <laughs> it's, right. It is so foreign to me. I started listening to it, and it it is just so far outside of anything I listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really, really. I'm interested. Um, I'm I'm hesitant <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's so different, and it's even outside of what I view as you know as even acceptable art. Uh, 
so I, I'm working hard to expand, <laughs> expand, yeah. open my mind and open, you know, expand how I think about that. I'm really excited to talk to somebody who, who feels importantly about that album. So yeah. I'm really, I'm, I think I'm more interested in that interview than the album itself. Yeah. And then the other one is, is Radiohead's Kid A, because Ben, I've never listened to a whole Radiohead album. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. This will uh, be interesting. And, <laughs> and I'm a little ashamed because that's in our wheelhouse. Right. Like right. we grew up in the times when all those really good Radiohead albums came out. Yeah. Uh, the Ben's, OK Computer, Kid A, uh, Hail the Thief, like they all came out in our prime yep. kind of formative years of listening to music and I acknowledged them I listened to the singles and I enjoyed it but I never was compelled even though you guys yeah. were into it yeah. I remember uh, New Year's in 2001 okay uh, The Edge 102.1 The Edge of Toronto did the top 102 albums of the year 2000 and I remember they got to the end. They said, we're going to move to our number one. And I guarantee you, half of you will love this choice and half of you will hate this choice. <laughs> and I kind of went, what's it going to be? They said, Radiohead's Kid A. And I went, oh, wow. And even though I said that, I had never heard any song off of it. And I right. never went back. <laughs> 20 years later, never went yeah. back. And so mm -hmm. now here we are, and I'm going to have to listen to it. I still haven't even listened to a song yet. Um, I'm a little ashamed of that. But still, I am I know that it's heralded as one of the best yeah. alternative rock albums ever. And I'm so uh, excited to hear what that sounds like. Because I know they're different. <laughs> like, I know it's not going to be... Uh, an album of boppers yeah. <laughs> like yep. I know it's going to be a, a little edgy and a little different and a little dark yeah. and I know that I know that you it's one that you like and I know that we have a guest coming on who mm -hmm. absolutely loves it so again I'm really excited about it and I have to wait uh, well, I, <laughs> a little I while think, you know your anecdote there means that you also know that Radiohead is polarizing and still are yes. today right yes. Like, yes it's not like they were I don't know. I, I guess it's hard to find a band that doesn't have haters, but um, you know, it, it wasn't uh, if you said you liked Radiohead, I think that signified you as it was a virtue signal in, in the nineties and two thousands to say I'm on the side of Radiohead. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I can remember my room, my first year roommate in college telling me to turn it off because he just couldn't oh, stand wow. Radiohead. So like, huh. you know, there, I think there are, uh, good reason for probably why it just never made it uh into you and i'm curious to hear you know 20 years later what your what your thoughts yeah, are so, yeah yeah that'll I'm, be fun i'm anticipating a lot so so yeah that's a lot of anticipation coming um again four new albums uh yeah. and six that we've reviewed and uh some new uh some new guests and it's gonna be great cool can't wait so we want to thank you for listening to this. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, check us out on Facebook. If you hadn't listened to some of our other reviews, uh, we went through 60 albums. You're welcome to go back and check them out. It was a lot of fun. And we hope you'll join us next time when we review... Revolver. <laughs> oh, boy. This is, uh, I think, your favorite Beatles album. Um, yes. The Beatles Revolver album is coming up here next. And so, um, man, that was an early one. I... 
I need to go back and listen to Revolver. I probably haven't put it on since we listened two years ago to uh, to it for one of those early episodes. So, yeah. Yeah, you we'll should see. do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks once again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on the Sound Logic Podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and write a review. Send us a message at our Facebook page, on Instagram, or through our SoundLogic Podcast Twitter feed. Thanks for listening.